right, episode 94 of The Jesus Follower. Welcome in. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Andrew. Welcome, everyone. 94, creeping closer and closer to that magic 100 number. Yes. yes you hear the a- theme music and we're ready to charge. Yes, it's exciting. We've got a great uh, topic today. Really looking forward to discussing that with you and with you all today and hopefully... Hopefully it'll be helpful and help us to just continue to draw nearer to the one we're following, and that is Jesus. Yes, it is. Daniel, did you watch the Super Bowl last week? I did watch the Super Bowl. I will admit, um, super honesty time, everyone out there probably will not agree with this, but I was not super pumped about the end result of that Super Bowl. I was actually rooting pretty heavy for the other team. Does that mean you're not a Swifty? I am not a Swifty. Oh, I don't think there's a, a fiber in my body that is, a, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but no, I. So today on the podcast, we're going to be. <laughs> no, everyone dislikes me, uh, but right. I, I am definitely not. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, I was uh, looking forward to. I'm kind of I like Brock Purdy. I was kind yeah. of I was hoping, you know, mystery relevant. I think is what they uh-huh. kind of nicknamed him. I was hoping he would uh, come through and uh, be able to bring home a Super Bowl. What a what a story that would have been but uh just didn't quite cut it you know when there's such cheating they get no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah i'm just kidding i'm kidding yeah it just didn't go that way this time but maybe next time it did not maybe next time yeah, all, yeah. they seem to be in it every year but uh yeah we i got i i measure i, I know we, we work at a church and you're probably at a church if you're listening to this show i um measure my calendar what time of year it is by two things whether it's upcoming uh, holiday is easter or christmas <laughs> that was, yeah. what we're prepared for and uh sports so we're after the super bowl i got the summer candle out today and <laughs> uh sure. i don't know what actually Okay, guava lime. It looked like a beverage on the front. It's a Walmart candle. I'm like, oh, this is sacrilege for the Jesus follower. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, spring training started yesterday, and uh, we're, I'm a Reds fan. It's 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 great. But to the Super Bowl, though, I'm getting off topic. There was a uh, well. First of all, every not everyone, but a ton of people watched. I think it was like 123.4 million people, or something wow. like the most since the moon landing. Apparently, watched the Super Bowl. Man, just crazy. Uh, the the cultural event of the year every year seems to be the Super Bowl. Yeah. Everybody watches. And uh, yeah, so there's an interesting uh, ad in the Super Bowl. And uh, we want to go off that today. There's an organization called He Gets Us that is Christian in nature. And the whole point of the organization is to put forward an ad campaign that puts Jesus in a new light. So they showed a ad in the Super Bowl, I think maybe multiple about yeah. uh, foot washing, um, just centered around Jesus uh, on the, the, the night of the Last Supper, wash both his disciples and Judas's feet and kind of went from there to say that uh, we should be servants for people and uh, great message and you know not offensive at all but a uh, question has stemmed from that yeah. and things like that also with things like the the chosen a TV show which yeah. is a dramatized version of the Gospels and uh, a good quality of show very uh, you know critically acclaimed and very well done but uh, with both of these things kind of the question centers down to how much is enough in our representing Jesus to the world and maybe even deeper than that in the church setting in our Christian life uh, 
how exclusive are we to be? How inclusive are we to be? And what does a good Christian witness and uh, evangelistic practice look like in that way? So we can delve deeper into what he gets us looks like or what their organization is like. But that's kind of the yeah, the question. Yeah. Yeah. So today he's really interesting the way God brought all this out today, because it's come it's kind of come at us in multiple different ways. And so it's and, and from different areas. And so it's it's really interesting that this is the thought. It's been something that's been on my heart and mind and Andrew's as well. And I think it's a very valid question for um, just our discussion today. Um, and, you know, I think if if you could start by reading just a little bit of, you know, kind yeah. of what he gets us, what, what they talk about on their on their website there and kind of give us um, a good foundation to leap off of when we start this discussion. That'd be good. So let me read there about us page here and that'll get us started. And I have a couple other things I looked at on their website. So here's what they say here. How did the story of Jesus, the world's greatest love story, get twisted into a tool to judge, harm and divide? How do we remind people that the story of Jesus belongs to everyone? These questions are the beating heart of he gets us. We hope to remind everyone, including ourselves, that Jesus's teachings are a warm embrace, not a cold shoulder, that he didn't let pro this or anti-that opinions prohibit him from seeing the value in all people. He Gets Us invites you to explore Jesus' story on your own terms and at your own pace. Our message isn't from a particular church, nor is it affiliated with any one denomination. Our campaign comprises humble perspectives from a diverse group of Jesus fans and followers with a variety of faith journeys and lived experiences bound by a common desire to rediscover and share the compelling story of Jesus' life in a new way. We will make mistakes like anyone with a public message or who sets out to share an idea. We won't always get it right. Expect us to be human. The camp- excuse me. The campaign exists to remind us of the example that Jesus set while inviting all to explore his teachings so that we can follow all follow his example of confounding unconditional love because he gets us all of us. So that's their about us page. They say in a uh, free FAQ, rather, Frequently Asked Questions, underneath uh, says, are you trying to get people to go to church? And they say, no. He gets us is not against the church, but we are not a back church campaign. And that goes on from there. So I dug a little deeper. They have a search bar at the top, a lot of articles about Jesus. I searched cross because that is kind of the, the gospel the story of Jesus. We, mm-hmm. we discuss it often as we do on the Jesus follower Uh so I, I search cross the top option, and it seems like one of the only ones says Jesus chose forgiveness, talking about how Jesus uh, forgave those on the cross that were hating him. They said, uh, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, as he hung on the cross, he didn't lash out, as the article goes. And at the end, uh, it says forgiveness is a two way street. It's a powerful display of love for the ones being forgiven. But that's not all. It is also a release of resentment for the one that you're doing for the one doing the forgiving the choice to forgive though incredibly difficult at times is a choice that stops the cycle of hurt and pain turns the page and brings with it real peace it is a choice that is good for us and then after that i searched uh well it was underneath that in this 
that previous article. And it's, this is called Jesus was exclusively inclusive, uh, talking about uh, primarily the uh, woman at the well and women with the issue of blood. And that in that uh, culture that Jesus was in, it was completely taboo for a male, uh, let alone a teacher or a rabbi to uh to have those kind of conversations and relationships with the opposite gender. So mm-hmm. um, at the end paragraph of this says today, Jesus's legacy continues to challenge us to be inclusive in a real way to reach past people's physical and mental struggles, gender and ethnicity. So we uh, may really see them. And once we do, we might just find much like knows who knew Mary Magdalene in her time, that the people who are considered the least of us will impact us the most. So obviously as you all with your, hyper sensitive theological antennas can tell this is not the full gospel and that's not what we're discussing today i think the question is especially amongst people like us in a theologically conservative camp Mm -hmm. is that is that enough to have an organization that he gets us to have the biggest tent possible and that's their goal their Mm -hmm. stated goal is Mm -hmm. to say we're going to be ecumenical to everyone who even partially believes in jesus and we're going to you know, cast him in a a light that's admittedly good, but we wouldn't say it goes the full way. Mm -hmm. So our question is, I think, is within that, is that okay? Is that appropriate for the picture of Jesus that we know in scripture and that we're going to elaborate on? Is do, Do we reject a message like this? Do we say like Jesus did that it is they're there, they're not they're not against us, so yeah. they're for us essentially. Yeah. Uh, how do how do we dissect that? Yeah, and, and I think you know even I'm, I'm turned here to the the woman at the well, and I you know as you as you read all that and as you all hear that you know it is a it is a huge question for even Christians living out in the in the world today. How far do you go before it becomes too far? You know, how far do you allow things to go before you step in and say something different? And 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 I think that's that's kind of what we're trying to figure out today as well. And, you know, I, when I hear that, the, I guess the thing that that is that is missing is which it's it's a pretty common thing. There are parts of that that's not those things aren't wrong. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of that isn't wrong. So, you, right. you know, I guess let's start there. Like Jesus does get you. Jesus sees you where you are. I mean, yeah. that's for sure. And and he does include different ethnicities, different gender. I mean, he does include, you know, male, female. I mean, he, he includes all right. He, he paid the price for all. And so all that stuff is is very true. But it's almost like that, that it's like bring them all in and and then you're done. Like, you know, Jesus will forgive them and it's and it's done and it just feels like to me and I don't know if you agree with this Andrew or you all agree on there that it feels like it brings you to a point but then it like it, it almost it, it almost feels like it denies the power of what Christ has done and accomplished for us so that even though we may arrive this way and be loved and be forgiven and have the option for forgiveness the opportunity to be forgiven it almost eliminates the reality behind the transition that takes place once forgiveness and Jesus happens in your life. And and I think that that's the danger because that's the that's the power. Like, yeah, I mean, we want to go to everybody. Jesus loves everyone. Jesus will forgive everyone. 
But praise be to God, he doesn't leave us the way that we are, but he transforms us and makes us new, which is, you know, he's paid the price. He's risen to new life so that in him we can have life. And it's so interesting because referencing the woman at the well, um, his approach to he does um, cross over those lines that have been drawn by the culture and society and engaging with a, a woman at the well. And on top of that, a Samaritan woman at the well, which was kind of tabooed to his, even to the disciples that were around him. However, uh, and he leads, he leads with seeing where she is with getting where she is. He leads with love. He, he, I mean, he just has conversation with her. I mean, all those things are true, but there comes a point where he says, you have five husbands and the one you're living with is not your husband as if to say, but I see every part of you. And there are parts that may not be where they need to be. And, and he is the solution for that. Like he is the, the, the savior and the rescuer from that, but he doesn't just like, and that's what it kind of puts me in mind of sort of, and maybe it's different for you. Maybe it's different for you that know maybe more than I do is that, um, yes, there is forgiveness. Yes, there is. But, you know, even in that forgiveness, it's forgiveness as we come to him in repentance. So repentance is even significant to talk about when we talk about the forgiveness, because repentance means that you don't you don't live in that sin and dwell there and just keep asking for forgiveness. Hopefully, ideally, that you you turn from that sin and turn toward God and don't don't live in that anymore. So I think there are a, a lot of things left wanting for from that description in my mind. But Andrew, what are, you, what are your thoughts on it? It's very gray, right? <laughs> it's very gray. We don't like gray areas. I don't, it, it's, it's hard. I feel like we could look at it multiple ways. Yeah, I, sure. I get, uh, well, for one, it just frustrates me. Sometimes I opened up YouTube. I was telling you this earlier today. I opened up YouTube uh, yesterday and it one. Well, I, I hope this doesn't show. I don't know. But regardless, it just uh, um, recommended on the front page. It was uh, like uh, this evangelical page. It was in their channel title and a big letter said he gets us exposed. <laughs> he gets us. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, just like they were debunking. He gets us. Uh, just I didn't watch the video. I'd, I'd watch, you know, they're not the most you know, congenial channel, obviously, but like there's kind of this, uh, instinct we have, especially when we sense that it's not complete to not react with compassion, but to, to really hammer down and be like, no, this isn't Jesus loved, but you know, like that's not the case either. So just looking at it, obviously it's not the, the, the full picture of Jesus. Maybe you're coming in new to the show, new to Christianity. He's just searching. He gets us on YouTube. I'll probably include it in the title, um, of this, of this podcast. So, I I think that's worth considering. We believe that Jesus is the son of God, fully God, fully human. Um, That was, you know, Mary, immaculate conception. We believe that that is the, 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 the child of God, that somehow that Mary was made pregnant by the Holy spirit. Not, not nothing like, you know, sexual weird, but that the, Holy Spirit, that baby was 
fully of God and also fully human in Mary, that he mm-hmm. was born in a, a stable that, that confirmed a bunch of prophecies that were, yeah. uh, you know, predicted throughout the Old Testament, the, the prophets and the law pointing to a Messiah that was to come that goes even farther back than that to creation, yeah. the story the Bible tells. So then that goes on. He lives a perfect life. No sin, no rebellion to God, which we believe plagues all of us yeah. as people that are under Adam, as the scripture says, that goes back to that beginning where God had a perfect creation, created people in his own image for his own glory and enjoyment. And we got to spend life in perfect harmony together. And the people chose uh, themselves and their own uh, desires. They rebelled against God, sinned, and uh, introduced a rift there. So Jesus is the only one who can and did uh, live a perfect life in communion with the Father of God and um, died on the cross for our sins that we might be forgiven and reunited back to God. God, and then rose again on the yeah. third day, defeating death and sin and completing that. And he raised himself from the dead and, and he he's alive today. We believe he's coming back again. He ascended back to heaven and he's he's coming again. That's that's a tough word right? yeah, without yeah. the spirit. Like, so you're telling me that that God and, and Mary, that there's a there's a baby involved and all that. There's a lot of there are difficult yeah. concepts to and the Bible even goes as far to say that the cross, the gospel, this message is foolishness to those yeah. who are perishing. Yeah. And we believe that's the tough message within that. That is that we the that we are perishing and that yeah. we are all sinners and the wages of sin is death mm-hmm. in this sense of, in the book of Romans because God is a perfectly holy and just God and there there can be, can, can be no sin that that coexists with Him or else He would not be God He yeah. would not be who He is so the audacity of Jesus then is to say that it talks about in the Old Testament how how God was was patient. He did not release his wrath immediately upon people because essentially Christ was coming. Yeah. And even then that points to the 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 godly nature of of Christ. I think that's where the this campaign short circuits things and gets things wrong is that the true audacity of Jesus is hanging out with sinners mm-hmm. and doing things different than the Pharisees is that that shouldn't have been the case with him being God. If he is God and sin cannot coexist with God, then Jesus logically should not be hanging out with tax collectors, prostitutes, sinners that he was in the old Testament or in, in, in the gospels rather. So what he gets us, I think, is trying to do is saying, look at how Jesus was different. Be like Jesus. Yeah. But that's not quite the gospel. What the gospel is, is that Jesus was able to do that because he was, as the Bible says, the perfect sacrifice for sin. Yeah. And that it shows God's complete uh, perfection in his his timing and his holding off of that wrath because the Bible says that wrath was poured out on Jesus. Mm-hmm. So only Jesus had the authority and the means by which to be truly inclusive and to be truly loving to those who hated him for one and who were sinners uh, on top of that because he was that promised Messiah. Yeah. So that's all completed in him. So if we short short circuit that then and say, okay, Jesus washed people's feet 
it's a good thing to wash people's feet and to mm-hmm. serve people because Jesus did. And that's essentially, I'd like to think there's more, but I've dug into their website. There's not much more. Yeah. So we can definitely build off of that. We don't have to reject that and sure. say debunk he gets us. Yeah. But it doesn't go the whole way. And if we end at that point where we say Jesus was a good person, essentially, mm-hmm. and we should follow the way, live the way Jesus lived, then we're not a Christian. We're yeah. not in Christ. Yeah. Oh, well, and I... I think it's 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 a good thing to um, to define what inclusivity actually is. That's like the, true too. The the proper way to to look at the oh okay let me say proper the biblical way to look at what inclusivity in the eyes of Jesus actually was. Yep. Um, because it is you know just like with the woman at the well and just like God throughout all the Old Testament and uh, well Old Testament but but really just the fact with his own people even that he he didn't destroy them even in their sinfulness even back. And Noah in the ark that he yep. he he allowed some to remain like, um, and and so we we seem like the culture would teach, and this is just my interpretation of it that inclusivity means that you uh, you accept everyone just as they are, and and that's the end of the story. Like you just have to you have to accommodate and you have to overcompensate even to the point that you include their beliefs in what you're teaching to prove that you accept them just as they are, right. and that's that's actually not that's not the message of the word when it comes to inclusivity. Inclusivity is you absolutely, I mean, as far as we believe here, we would believe here, we would absolutely accept you in. We would love you. We would want you to be here. Uh, But, but if you are, if you're following another religion, if you're following another false God, we wouldn't, because we love you and we love Christ and we've been loved so well by him, we wouldn't say, oh, well, um, that's okay. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll come alongside and we'll teach some of that too, because that wouldn't be honest and it wouldn't be a true expression of love if it wasn't honest and if it wasn't real. Yes. Um, and so Jesus approached the woman at the well, but he didn't leave her the way that she was when he first found her. You know, he he uh, proclaimed things to her that that even he even proclaimed himself to be the Messiah. He called her out in things in her life, just like happens to us when the Lord gets a hold of us and conviction happens. And he's like, hey, there's some things that you need cleaned up. And we repent of those and he heals us and he transforms us and makes us better and new for him and for his glory. Um, and so he proclaimed himself. He pointed these these things out to her and she goes back to the town and she's just like, like pumped. It says... At this point, his or no, in verse number twenty-eight of John four. So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the men, "Come see a man who told me all things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is it?" They went out of the city and were coming to him. Mean uh, and meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, "Rabbi, eat." But he said to them, "I have food to eat that you do not know about." Um, and so she she goes and they end up coming. Uh, and it says in verse number forty. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with him and he stayed there two days many more believed because of his word and they were saying to the woman it is no longer because of what you said that we believe for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the savior of the world Um, and so i think that there there has to be this understanding that that we do come as we are, um, that we do come in our sinful state and all enter, enter into his presence at that, at a, in, in a place of sinfulness. 
because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that. And I don't think yes. there's anybody that even watched this or would say, hey, no, I've never did anything wrong. OK, if I, 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 I don't think there would be many in this world, I would hope not that would would honestly try to say that. But nonetheless, uh, but but he doesn't the glory of the gospel, the glory of of being born again in Jesus and knowing him is that even though you enter into his presence here, he comes into your life and transforms you. Um, and as we repent, he forgives. And then you are different on the other side. You are a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And so the inclusivity concept is, yes, we do want all to come. But glory to God that that Jesus transforms. And so all that come, just like myself, don't leave the same way we leave yeah. transformed. Right. And and I think that that because of the cultural perception of it, we shy away from the truth of the gospel because we're like, well, we want to be inclusive and we don't want to seem like that we're not. And so we we dilute the gospel, we soften it a bit, and and we we try to tiptoe around certain truths because we don't want to be perceived as not being inclusive. Yes, but you can, but like you you've said before, you can you can do both. Like in the sense, you can be inclusive, but then you have to proclaim the truth uh, of the gospel, and then pray that that the transformation will happen, and they don't stay just like I haven't stayed the way that I am, but I am transformed by the blood of Jesus and and enter as a new creation now as a child of God. So yeah. very different, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I don't think people don't seem to have a lot of patience on a general level to listen to that kind of logic, because on one side, on the general left, liberal or, you know, theologically and otherwise, they say you're hateful. Yeah, you're right, right. You're not going to be. And then on the other side, probably more people that we would hang out with easier, you know, in our conservative circle, if you get too far bent out of shape the wrong way, the other way, it's, you know, all truth, no love. Right? Yeah, yeah, you right, right. You, you know, how, right. You, you <laughs> yeah. can't say that Jesus washed feet without saying then these other things. Yes, you can't. You know, because yeah, it's true. Yeah. You don't. We can rest there. So that truth in love, I think, is so important. It, it's. I think it's really a matter of perspective too. In that, uh, well, I'm a. It, it, introvert naturally. I, mm -hmm. you know, we host my, I think Keith said once, or a, a guy our, that we know here at church, he says, uh, you know, he, he he's an extrovert. He has his own podcast. Like, I wish, but you know, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah. an extrovert. I, I get my energy uh, from being low, big crowds kind of stress me out. So yeah. uh, I read something once or heard something that a good way to combat uh, any like social anxiety. So, picture people with something like a sign around their neck that says, uh, I am important. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. so, treat me like I'm important. So that's, you know, that's, it's, it's all well and good, but it's, it's, it's different depending on where your purpose or identity is found, how I would treat someone as important or how you, how you should, especially in this context. Uh, what am I saying with this? So if, for instance, your identity, your worth is found in your internal characteristics, what the culture says today, what gender you identify with, what uh, sports teams you like, your job, your performance, any one of those things that we cling to, then my job then, if I were to treat you as important, would be to go to those things and say, okay, I affirm this, uh, I accept this, you're okay. That's what 
uh, a, a lot of the world will point to is like you if you treat me as important important it has to be on my terms because mm-hmm. this is what I think is important about me what the Bible says and what the cross says is that we have a warped view of what is good and what is bad yeah and that what is the men the Bible says that people love darkness rather than light mm-hmm. because their deeds are evil so the message of the cross and the offensiveness of Jesus is to say that what you think is important about you is really like dirt compared to the worth of Christ. Yeah. So in light of Christ, everything else is worthless. So then if that perspective is true, that Christ is king preeminent and his word goes above all, then I am going to look at you then or someone, if I really think that you're important as Christ does, Mm -hmm. he died for you is to say that you have something on your face. You're yeah. headed towards Travis. You know, one yeah. of these things, you can't really treat someone the best in love without also having that truth. <laughs> that's that's it. And it is warped because, because it's almost like we don't want the truth. We just want the love part. Yeah. And so then you sacrifice the truth and then things become even more confusing because you're like, okay, well, what works for you may not work for this one then because then truth becomes very relative because you're not going to speak the same absolute across the board. You're going to start changing and nitpicking yeah. the truth. And yes. and it becomes very diluted and very, uh, very um, confusing, I think. And, you know, I, I think of multiple, I mean, the, the Bible, the incredible thing is the Bible, you know, we are tethered to this word, this absolute truth of the word of God. And it is so incredibly clear about this. Jesus absolutely included uh, many people with many different backgrounds and he included all. He absolutely did. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for God so loved the world. Right. I mean, it wasn't just God so loved uh, this side of the world or this side of the world, but the world. He loved them all. He loved us. Glory to his name. But uh, there's just so many examples. Well, there's a woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, the, the Zacchaeus, the town tax collector that climbed up in the tree. I mean, all of these people came to Jesus from not really the best. I mean, it really wasn't the best backgrounds. And Jesus yeah. loved all of them and he loved them well, but he loved them with the truth. He included them in his message. Like he, he brought he brought them near. He loved on them well. And one of the greatest I truly believe this. My parents were a great representation of Christ in my life in this way, that the greatest way you can love me is tell me the truth. I mean, if, if you see that I am doing something that could damage my life here, and even more than that, my life for all eternity, and you say nothing to me, that doesn't seem very loving to me at all. And I know, I know that's where we kind of get bent out of shape and we're like, well, how dare you say, but, but like you were saying, it's, that's the thing. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Like I think about it as a parent, if my, and I use this illustration, if I saw my 11 year old child getting ready to run out in front of a semi truck and I say nothing because I don't want to startle them or upset them or cause chaos in their mind. And I just watch them do it without ever crying out. That doesn't seem very loving to me at all. Um, And so I would cry out. I would shove. I would push. I would do whatever I had to do, whatever they felt about it. That's beside the point, because I knew that I was saving their life because I see the semi truck coming and they didn't see it. And so um, I I think about all these examples and and there's a a passage in Ephesians 2 that I think illustrates this well and 
And when Andrew and I, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, we talk about sin and we, we think so much it's such a bad word and it's a bad concept, but everybody, yeah. we're all guilty of this. Like, it's just not, none of us come to Christ squeaky clean. Nobody does. I mean, that's the reason why we need Jesus and, and right. we needed him. But he said um, in Ephesians 2, a very popular passage, and you probably know it. I know Andrew knows it. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And, and, you know, there's just nowhere to go from that. I mean, there's no for, for us. It's like, OK, so, yeah, everybody will come. But we all come at this point. Yeah, we're dead in our trespasses and sins. The wages of sin is death. I mean, yes. But and, and it goes on in which you were formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we, too, all formally lived in the lusts of our flesh indulging the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, one of the most amazing statements in all the Bible, I think, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Yeah. So just like that, that he knows us. Yes, he knows. He knows that we um, are dead in our trespasses and sins. He knows that we have this warped sense. He does include all. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether whether you, you know, whatever you identify yourself as, uh, whatever sexual orientation you have. It doesn't. He does see and know. And he he includes you in the plan, his great rescue mission. He died for you too. Like he dies for all, but the standard is according to his word and his way. And I think that's kind of what that misses is that, yeah. yes, come in, come in. Listen, we want to, we want to love on people just like Jesus loved on people. We want to care for people just like Jesus cared for people. But we also want to see people transformed by Jesus just the same way that we were transformed by Jesus and not remain the same where we're continuing to live in the sin, but truly repentant, truly redeemed, truly born again and transformed by the blood of Jesus. So, right. Uh, it's, it's just, it's just so powerful what God's done for us. It is. And in that, I think it misses the greatest point of all the most exciting point of the gospel. It's not just that Jesus is with us. He gets us. He will hang out with us without judgment. That's true. And that's great. But also he will take your burdens. Yeah. He'll take them on himself. Yeah. He, he will give you his burden, which is no burden at all yeah. because he is God. He will swap that with you for free for yeah. nothing, yeah. not even anything of your own doing. And we miss that when we not not pander is is a straw. It's not it's not the right word. But when we don't acknowledge that, that is missing the the yeah the. the, the the greatest news to our my generation, I believe, in the world today, it's that you don't have to keep up your image. You don't have to cling to your sexuality or anything else as the thing about you that defines you. Right. You don't have to look for, you know, uh, for justification, for affirmation outside in the world because you can't. And people are, you know, suicides up, everything's up, depression, right. anxiety, because we're looking and looking and looking. And the devil and the world will have us think we can find it mm-hmm. by thinking that. And I fear that saying he gets us without anything else points to Jesus as a friend and a, and a therapist and not anything else. Yeah. 
but we see in scripture that he will be that rock for you. Yeah. And he will be that one who completes you. And that's the, that's the gospel. That's good news is that without anything of your own doing any religiosity, any, anything, he will do that for you. Yeah. And you, and you truly don't have to come already figuring it out. Yeah. He will, he will take care of everything. You know, he will, he will redeem, he will transform, he will forgive, he will guide, he will be your rock and he will never leave or forsake. And I think that's, that's the amazing thing is that, um, but, but what, what, and I said it wrong, but what that is all talking about, I do feel it gives you, it takes you to a point, but you, we have to be diligent students of the scripture to understand the whole story. And the whole story is, yes, come, but know that he's not going to he's going to transform you. You won't leave the same that you'll leave a new creation. That's right. Um, And that is beautiful and glorious and incredible, because I don't know about you, but being dead in your trespasses and sins, there's not much to do with that on our own. Uh, but we serve the one that has risen from the dead. And so um, everything is accomplished in him. So glory yeah. to God for that. And I think that extends too to things like the chosen. I mentioned it at the top of the episode. Yeah. And the, the I think the appeal to that is similar, is that it presents Jesus in a compelling way that is dramatically sound and mm-hmm. good TV. Like I, haven't, I haven't watched it a lot for myself, but, um, but it's compelling to see Jesus like that. The truth that we have to get our minds around then by the spirit is that Jesus is even more exciting than yeah, that. That's right. And that it's our sin and our shortcomings that cause us to not read the Bible that way. Yeah. And it should be that instead of, okay, why isn't my church, why aren't you know, for one citing the, the chosen as if it were scripture, but even deeper than that, why is it not more exciting thinking it's the church's fault or the Bible's fault or something else? We have to be honest with ourselves and our sin and say that in that we are, are prideful. We are naturally blind to the things of God. And it's by his spirit in us that we are able to experience the truth of scripture in a way that's life changing. Yeah. And uh, I think that flows even further to the probably more of people at, at our church. The application even to myself is to see Jesus's love and care for people and learn from that as yeah. well. Like we have to be at a place where we do wash people's feet, where we do care for people because Jesus, Jesus did that. He was compassionate. He did spend time for, he did listen. He does get us. Yeah. And we don't have to, it, 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 it drives me nuts. So the people who reject the, you know, the Calvinist even thinks like limited atonement. We're not going to talk about that today, of sure. course, but they'll say, of course, Jesus died for everyone. It seems like those people sometimes are the most judgmental of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> even though Jesus yeah. died for everyone, we can go to town on things like he gets us because how dare you, you yeah, know, for yeah, whatever yeah. reason. So we, we could probably stand to learn from that as well. And me among them. Yeah. But Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it is a whole lot of, and as we were talking about before, you know, there's a whole lot of things to kind of cycle through, and they, you yes. know, there's a whole nother even spin off of this. You know, it's it, it was something that I had a situation in my own life when you know it, it was something like you know what is the, what is the proper way to address this, and you know, glory to God that He's given us His Word, so we always have a place to come back to. And so when you say yes. you know what is the proper way, well, you have a whole life of Jesus that's right there written for you, so that you can see what the right way really is, and inclusion is a part of Jesus's life, but, uh, uh, but there's transformation that comes after you meet him. So that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, a uh, and, and it really is, it's exciting. It's amazing. I mean, and I mean, we have to, everything that we, you know, it is so easy when you have something like the chosen to allow the chosen to become uh, a version of the gospel for you. Yeah. Um, and, and it may articulate that relatively well, but it's not sufficient enough, I wouldn't say, to uh, replace you getting into the word and reading what the absolute truth of the holy word of God says yeah. and being careful not to let um, things like the chosen dictate your or uh, manipulate your gospel presentation or even kind of water down and confuse the gospel. But always st don't stay too far away from this in light of watching enjoyable things like perhaps some do the chosen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's well said. Well, thank you so much, Daniel, for yeah, today. And uh, thank you all for watching. I think a next step off of this, off of what you said, be to listen to our uh, last week's episode, 92, about uh, how to uh, read the Bible better, how to comprehend it and uh, get life change from it in the yeah. Holy Spirit. And uh, we are not experts on that. I'm not. And uh, but Jesus is. That's right. That's and, right. Uh, that's who we're following. Yeah. Lord willing. So, Lord willing. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying at least. Yeah, we're trying. Imperfectly. Uh -huh. Yeah. But, but yeah. All right. Well, thank you all so much. We will see you next week and uh, keep plowing forward. That's right. See you all.